One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the Motorsport Podcast. I'm Ed Foster and I'm joined by Features Editor Simon Aaron, Audio Guru Alan Hyde and Gilles de Ferran. Very warm welcome. Good uh, morning, I guess, yeah? Yes, Good morning, yeah. thank you for having me. Uh, not at all, not at all. It's an absolute pleasure. So we're going to sort of meander through your career. We've got readers' questions. Um, for those that, that don't know, there won't be many of them, but 1992 British Formula 3 champion, twice yeah. kart champion, Indy 500 winner, um, a winner in sports cars. And I'm going to nick a fact from Simon Aaron here. I think probably one of the only racing drivers who won their last race, retired, came back, won their last race, and retired. <laughs> <laughs> it's unlike Simon to come up with a lesser-known fact. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of guys, I mean, Jackie Stewart was one of your mentors. He retired yeah. right to the top. Yeah. I mean, you did it twice. Yeah, well, it, it's uh, funny, you know, when I uh, retired the first time, uh, I called Jackie, you know. So, Jackie, just uh, wanted to let you know that, uh, you know, that's it. I'm going to stop. He's like... A second of silence. He goes, "How old are you?" So I'm 35. He goes, "Yeah, you lasted one more year than I did." <laughs> so. Now to to sort of kick things off, I wanted to rewind right back to your your early days. Yeah. Um, and they were obviously you, you went karting and you worked on your kart kind of in the evening, something like that. Yeah. Where did the love of motorsport come from? Um, I came from a. Uh, call it a family of uh, liberal professionals, you know. So, uh, you know, my, my grandfather was a doctor, you know, my uncle was a doctor. I had another uncle who was a geologist. The other one was a, a uh, economist. And um, But my dad was an engineer, you know. my uh, I had another uncle who was an engineer. Uh, actually, they both worked for a Ford Motor Company. And, uh, and I think everyone... Even my grandfather, I remember, you know, going around Sao Paulo on the back of his motorbike when I was, you know, whatever, six, seven years old at a million miles an hour, <laughs> you know. So I guess everybody loved uh, cars and bikes and engines and vehicles and so on. So at home, we didn't really talk about football or politics Um so the the culture was all about cars, racing, engines, mechanical things, and so on and so forth. And that, that's the culture I I grew up uh, in. And I guess from a, a young age, as, as early as I can remember, I was either playing with cars or pretending that I was driving or pretending that I was building a car or or building a car, <laughs> uh, 
doing that kind of thing. Because I guess, I mean, when you were six or seven years old as well, Emerson Fittipaldi was just starting to make yeah. a, a name for himself. I mean, was, yeah. that, was, that, was, that, was that an inspiration as well? Or? Yeah, well, look, uh, I guess this is, you know, my memories. A bit so A bit so so so. It's hard for me to remember exactly how I felt when I was that age, you know. Uh, but I do remember, you know, uh, the family sort of gathering around and and watching uh, Formula One races, you know. Uh, as I became a little bit older, obviously uh, uh, became a little bit more aware of uh, of Emerson, you know, and and what he was doing and. In Formula One, and certainly um, when I got to whatever 11, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old, you know, that my ability to read and, and retain information <laughs> increased, uh, you know, you start to sort of consume a lot more, uh, a lot more information, you know, and that's that was the late 70s. That one uncle that I had was uh, uh, he was always into, into racing, you know, in, in Brazil. And uh, I remember going to a few races and stuff. So, you know, I slowly sort of got introduced and inserted into into the into the sport. And I I wanted to to race. I think it was whatever nine. Yeah, I think it was like eleven years old. But uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't think we had the means. You know, I don't remember I exactly. You know, my my father's uh, career was still in the beginning you know uh we were a young uh family but uh yeah i i, I remember late 70s early early 80s being being glued to the tv um i got told off last time for not asking enough readers questions um, yeah. so i'm just gonna go straight <laughs> go in ahead and, and actually <laughs> ask some um it's a it's a fool who gets told off twice uh so this one's from wayne pearson and obviously we're talking about your early career and he wants to know just how tough were the 1988 and 89 UK Formula Ford 1600 championships? Um, and who was your biggest rival? Well, you're jumping forward quite a few years. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, I, we've, we've got, I've got pages and pages here yeah. of questions. So. Uh, yeah, well, it was uh, very, very tough, you know, particularly 88. Uh, it was very difficult. Um, not just difficult on the track, you know, it was just difficult in every way that you can uh, imagine including uh, psychologically uh, difficult you know i mean uh, this you know late 80s you know i was in my late teens um you know i won the brazilian formula 4 championship in 87 you know uh we middle class family you know i had a car a whole bunch of friends you know i was uh, going to university at the same time uh, girlfriend, you know, uh, my life was good, <laughs> you know, even though I probably didn't realize it at the time, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had a, I had a good life, you know, and, uh, and, uh, after I won the, the Brazilian championship, I'm like, you know, I'm going to try, uh, a career in sports because quite frankly, up until then, um, like I said, because I guess of my family background and and uh, so on, a career in sports wasn't really, you know, call it a done thing. You know, it's like, okay, you get your education and you get a job and, you know, and work your way up. And um, so I was actually torn, you know, whether do I finish my education, do I take a chance at, uh, at uh, trying to become a, 
a racing driver and hopefully reach Formula One, you know, uh, what do I do? Um, anyway, yeah, at the time in Brazil, I don't know if you can still do that. I don't know if you can do that in England, but you could call it interrupt your studies. You know, I guess you can call it here, take a, a, gap, a, gap, here, a yeah. gap here. Um, so I was in the third year of uh, my university studies. I I interrupted my, my studies. I had two more years to go. And... Um, and I raised enough sponsorship from the people that were supporting me in Brazil, and uh, and I took off over here. So I landed over here. Uh, you know, I rented a a room in a <laughs> in a family home. You know, I guess a bed and breakfast uh, in Silverstone Village. You know, I had no car. Uh, I didn't know anyone. <laughs> uh, and you know, in a foreign country. My uh, language skills are, uh, you know, a lot worse than they are today, and um, so it was it was it was difficult. You know, uh, I came in, you know, thinking I was the bee's knees, you know, and uh, the the car was, uh, you know, I was used to driving slick tires. Now I'm driving it back to uh, treaded tires. Uh, you know, in Brazil, I was uh, in a team that had a completely different feel. You know, the guy that owned the team, in fact, to this day, he's uh, uh, he's a great friend of mine, and uh, he was a great mentor to me. You know, he really helped me develop as a person, as a driver, and so on. And I arrive here, it's like, okay, here's the car. You know, <laughs> go and do your thing. There's your engine. <laughs> you know, and um, and the first year was a disaster uh, really that's the best way to put it um the, you know i was uh, uh seriously depressed to be quite honest <laughs> you know uh the the uh, uh the car was not uh, competitive uh i was you know in this very negative mood you know crashing all the time uh going way over and above my my head and doing crazy uh crazy things in the car which is i guess is a formula Ford 1600 thing to do <laughs> they're, they're, they're all crazy aren't they? <laughs> yeah exactly and uh you know the second half of the year we got a different engine and um and uh started doing a little bit better you know but uh you know the year was kind of long gone by then you know uh so that that was a very difficult um first year in uh first year in in england you know and and quite frankly if it wasn't for the last race of the year that was probably the last you would have heard of me <laughs> uh you know i uh i i had the opportunity to do the formula Ford festival in 88 um but quite frankly i didn't see the point i'm like i've been trashed all year why do I want to get trashed again, you know? Um, and one of my sponsors actually was a German company, uh, Sachs, believe it or not. And it's a German uh, gentleman who uh, came, uh, he was working in Sachs in Brazil. Um, gave me, I think it was, you know, whatever, 1,500 pounds or something like that. And uh, I was able to use that uh uh, sponsorship to enter the last round of the British Formula 3 Championship in 1988. 
in a class B car, you know. Um, and uh, and the '88 was a, was I mean there were like 40 cars or 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 something like that, and um, that race uh, I and I felt immediately at home. You know the car was competitive, um, and uh, I remember I did a test in Snetterton prior to the race, and I was kind of on the pace, and I'm like, yeah, I can do this, you know. <laughs> and then we went to the Fulta test in Silverstone, and it was wet. You know, and uh, they kept me at the time. There's no radio, right? So they give you boards. Um, so the board was like P1, P2, P3, P2. And I came in, I'm like, oh, it's going okay. So that's in class B. And I was like, overall, you know, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and then uh, we went to the weekend, and uh, you know, I, I qualified. Uh, uh, on pole position for the Class B uh, uh, race, and that was, I think, 11th overall. I, I beat David Brabant uh, to the pole, um, and uh, which who, who would have won literally, I think, every single race uh, in Class B that year. And uh, we clashed on the on the first lap in in Stowe. Uh, I spun, you know, did it like a 360, somehow didn't hit anything or didn't get hit, fell to last and then came back and, and finished uh, second uh, behind David. And uh, so that race really kind of changed my year, you know, uh, because of that race I ended up meeting uh, uh, Rick Horn and, uh, and Adrian Reynard, you know, who then became very instrumental in uh, in the rest of my career and that propelled me into 89 which I wanted to do Formula 3 but didn't quite have the f the funding um, to do Formula 3 and um, ended up uh, you know driving for the Reynard kind of a factory uh, team um, and uh, and 89 was a was a much better year you know we had the uh, a competitive engine, competitive car, uh, good team, and uh, I won. Uh, I won quite a lot of races. You know, uh, this, you're talking about rivals at that time. Uh, Jesus, uh, there's some uh, really uh, good drivers between '88 and '89. Uh, Suspiri, Higgins, you know, um, in '89, you know, Nico was uh, the works Van Diemen driver. Uh, Dave Coyne. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Dave Coyne had been there, been there since about yeah. 1979. But you know, but actually, it's interesting, right? I think it's Formula 3 now that you can only do so many years. Uh, yeah. Nowadays. The FIA Championship. Yeah, the, you're not allowed to do so many years. And I actually appreciated racing against a guy like him, you know, um, because he was so good at what he did, you know. Uh, and a mixture to your point of uh, incredible talented he, mm. he was very talented and uh, and experience and cunningness and you know all of that that to beat him you know it was a very very difficult task <laughs> um, and uh, and it was good for my development you know um, very good to, to race against people like that well, Wayne, I think that is the most comprehensive <laughs> answer we have ever had on a motorsport oh, well, podcast. You so said we have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, so if, I get, if I get more complaints <laughs> about, about readers' questions, then uh, I don't know what to do. Um, 
there was, I, I read something that about that time you also met Ayrton Senna for the first time, and I, he was sort of, I think in your own words, he was a, he was a god to you. At, yeah, at, at I mean, then. Ayrton, I actually met Ayrton before. I met Ayrton when I was still back in Brazil in, you know, 86, I think, or or 85. He was, he was uh, you know, first, second year of, of Formula One. Um, and I was uh, was karting, you know. Uh, his reputation in the karting world was incredible, you know. He was already a, a, a god, you know. Even even um, even when he was just uh, karting, you know. Even before his career uh, went on to um, to what he did. And uh, and I met him when I when I started doing well in cars and everything. I I, I started training and I I uh, I uh, was being trained by the same trainer as uh, as uh, as Ayrton, um, who was a fantastic man actually. And he, you know, through him and actually through my father because Ayrton was being helped by Ford uh, also at the time. Um, and uh, so I met him, you know, and uh, just had a couple of conversations with him. Um, um, he helped actually, al uh, also helped on the introduction with uh, with um, uh, Ralph Furman uh, to, get, uh, to get me to come here. So at least uh, I was not completely unknown to, to Ralph. Um, also, uh, Mauricio Sandro Sala, yeah. you probably remember. Uh, he was a friend of my uncle, so uh, that uncle that I had was uh, raised with uh, Mauricio in uh, in Brazil. He also helped uh, with the uh, uh, with the introduction, and that's the first time uh, really I met uh, I met Ayrton, who was actually he told me one thing that I'll never forget. You know, he said you need to get yourself in a, in a position that the responsibility is on you. You know. I'm like, hmm, good, and you know, and over the years, that always kind of stayed with me. It's um, it was about this time that you also you got introduced to the to, to Jackie Stewart and the Staircase of yeah. Talent, and am I right in thinking that I mean they were obviously a hugely influential force in your career, the Stewarts, and I think you're still obviously still friends with them to this yeah. day. Um, that that was obviously a big. A kind of a big, you look at big turning points in your career. Yeah, no, I mean my career was actually made of turning points <laughs> like this. You know, being being that uh, uh, Formula Three uh, race in in Silverstone and um, or my uh, association with with Jackie and Paul and the whole uh, Stewart family, who you know, I guess through them I met my wife. You know, and uh, and um, you know we're still very. Uh, uh, good friends uh, i'm proud to uh, i'm proud to to say so yeah it was you know look the story there was in in the end of 89 um i i think I f there were two formula 4 championships there was the like the so and the rec and uh, i think i finished third in in both of them and jackie was just launching the staircase of talent you know with paul and uh, posture racing was originally primarily set up for Paul, and then they expanded to to two cars, and they, they were doing Formula Three, and then uh, they had these plans to create the, the staircase of talent, which eventually became Stewart Grand Prix, um, and uh, and I guess if they were Jack and Paul were running a test in Donington Park, 
at the end of 89, the, the season had finished and all that. And uh, they were running a whole, uh, a lot of different guys. I don't remember who was there uh, exactly. Like I said, my memory is uh, sometimes not very good. Um, and uh, and uh, we went to the, the test. Uh, the test went really well. I broke Jackie's own lap record in, in Paul's Formula 4 2-liter uh, car. And uh, and that was the, the beginning of it all. And and Jackie, you know, there's there's a few people that really make an impact in in your life, you know, uh, my my own family, you know, this guy that I was saying in in Brazil, um, and I think next uh, for sure as I was walking through life, you know, Jackie was uh, hugely influential in the way I developed this again as a person as, and as a driver. Mm. So sorry, Simon, on you go. Yeah, I was going to say that one of the things that's always so I think I first met you when you were in Formula 3, but just before that, you raced in Opel Lotus, Vauxhall Lotus, yeah. with Paul Stewart Racing alongside yeah. David Coulthard. Yeah. And the thing that always struck me about you two was that I always found it interesting watching because you were actually clearly mates. You're in the same team. Yeah. You're doing this, you've yeah. got the same ambitions. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd sit and chat to the pair of you in the paddock all you know, throughout from Vauxhall Lotus through F3 3000, yeah. and you'd... I just sit and listen to you, you know, sometimes rival teams, sometimes the same team, sharing information, chatting. I thought, why can't everybody be like this? You know, I mean, the, 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 rest, the rest of motor racing is so sort of, you know, selfish. And but the two of you, you formed a real bond, which is actually quite unusual between yeah. rival, you know, rivals who are, might one day have to kind of, you know, yeah. muscle the other one out of a seat somewhere. It's a yeah, don't get me wrong, we clashed a lot of times yeah, yeah, on absolutely. the track. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I'm sure he got pissed off with me a few times and uh, and vice versa, you know. Uh, but look, I mean, uh, you know, David, I mean, it's, it's really hard not to like the guy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's, he's, a, he's a great uh, person and, and frankly, we struck a friendship right off right off the right off the bat you know and and i think there's a few factors uh to that and you know one is uh, I, I just mentioned and and two actually one of the kind of lessons i guess or maturing that i went through this phase in in 88 or or something like that it's just you know i don't like wasting energy with negative thoughts <laughs> you know uh and and feeling negative about people in the world you know that is just is not uh productive for me so i've i've over the years i learned to be m more open more uh i don't know i guess you know uh, wanting to strike a always a a positive uh a relationship with uh, people i find that better for me and usually it's better for the other person and uh, uh you know combine that with the fact that uh, this is a great guy uh we and we were together all the time because you know at the time to go to do the championship in europe for example we used to drive together everywhere uh we used to share rooms and so we were spending a lot of time together and uh and uh, clearly liked each other and uh, there were the friendship lasts to this day it's just one of the things that, one of the quirky things that struck me, I think, is in the paddock at Ennepagusa in 93, I think. Yeah. DC was at the front and you were struggling a bit. Yeah. And I was having some lunch with him, we were just chatting, and you appeared out of nowhere and sat down and joined us and said, 
can you give me a few tips? And he, and he did. <laughs> and you won the race the following year. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, um, you know, people, it's interesting, right? Uh, uh, people, uh, you know, in the end of the day, we are actually competing, right? Uh, we're all uh, competitive people. We all want to do well and so on and so forth. And people say, well, you know, there's two ways to become a winner. You know, you either uh, push yourself forward or you push everybody else back. Um, and, uh, you know, different people and different drivers, I think, you know, they are, they they use both uh, things to uh, different, uh, different degrees, you know. Um, I, I, like I said, I always found more productive to be on the let's focus on making me better rather than focusing on on making uh everybody else uh uh worse and um and i guess that's how we related to each other uh from from the beginning talking of david coulthard's uh it sort of neatly brings me on to a, another bit that i want to talk about um the formula one tests and end of 92, you, after winning the British Formula 3 Championship, you tested with Williams. And we've got a question here um, from Ben Johnson uh, saying, you test drove an active Williams. What was it like? Did the active suspension give that delayed response on turning that Mansell could drive around? I just remember the thing being stupidly fast. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the brilliant thing. answer. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was a, it was an interesting test. Um, you know, uh, up until then, I've only driven Formula 3 cars, which at the time was just about 200 horsepower. is a little bit less, you know. Uh, so they were not, you know, they're very fast around the corners, but they, they didn't have a, a huge amount of power. So the next thing was to jump in uh, Formula 3 now, I think is much more powerful, actually. Um, so here am I going to jump in a, um, in, a, in a Formula 1 car. And um, so I think what we did was I said, look, you know, I said to Jack and Paul, can I do a test in the 3000 car before I I go drive a Formula 1? Because then I would have gone from, whatever, 180 to Formula 3000 car at the time, like 550. 450, yes. No, the more than that, they're yeah. about 550. And then on to 850 or 900, you know, so <laughs> a stepping stone. And, uh, and interesting, the Formula 3 car, you know, I, 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 I don't know. It just they f it felt like an extension of, uh, of my body. You know, I, I, I felt like I could do anything with a car, um, and um, so went to Silverstone to drive the three thousand car, which was I, I remember sitting in the cockpit and one wheel is like over there and the other wheel is over there. Everything is big. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, wow, this is... So it felt... Um, yeah, I wasn't as, as at one with the car as, as I was with uh, the Formula 3 car. Um, and But the day went on and I became more... Uh, became a little bit more, more comfortable. And... Um, 
but I guess I still wasn't quite used to the width of the car. <laughs> so in the last corner in Silverstone, uh, I can't remember what that's called. Woodgate? Uh, no, the one before that, the little right-hander. Uh, it was Priory, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was something, something like Brooklyn's that. But, but yeah, yeah. at the time, instead of being this long right-hander, uh, it was two little right-handers with a curb on the right that came from the other side of the circuit that used to come from uh, from Bridge. Um, anyway, so you go through the two right-handers and you look into the right. <laughs> and I remember going... Uh, and in between the two, you know, I run a little bit too far to the to the left uh, before I turned in and climbed over the curb, which at the time curves didn't look like they do today. And the car just went boink and went straight on and hit the wall. That was dumb. The problem was <laughs> the problem was that as as I hit the wall, um Instead of letting the um, steering go, because I literally just went straight and went thump, um, I was holding on to the steering and uh, and hurt my wrist for the like 50 millionth time. Um, and I think the Formula One test was like three or four days later. I don't remember exactly. I know it was on my birthday. Um, and uh, it was difficult because my wrist was hurting. The car was tiny you know so you're sitting there like oh <laughs> they, they, they cut the monocoque i think didn't huh? they they cut they actually cut some extra space for you well no the the, the uh, what happened was uh, i did a set f seat uh, fit in um in williams uh at williams right or in in or at, 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 williams. at williams with there williams yeah with <laughs> williams yeah um and uh, so went over there and and they used the, the carbon shells, and they weren't going to make a new carbon shell for me, so I was either going to use uh, Ricardo's seat, Damon's seat, or Nigel's seat. And, you know, the pedals, you know, is want to be one of the three, because Formula One cars, they don't have a adjustable anything, right? It's, it's, uh, they make new bits to perfectly fit that one driver to save weight mostly and gain stiffness and so on. Uh, same thing with the steering wheel. And uh, and I tried to make a combination of the three uh, work. But to be honest, I was very, you know, I felt like a, I don't know, a, a, in a sardine can, you know, uh, really struggling to, to fit uh, properly in the car. But I guess in my enthusiasm, I thought, meh, like, ah, it'll be okay. <laughs> and uh, particularly on the steering, it was hard because it, it, those were the days where the steering was underneath the, the cockpit. So I had my hands hitting the top and, and, and hitting my, my leg. But I'm like, no, I, I can do this, <laughs> you know. And uh, so we went out, you know, to do a do a an installation lap. Went uh, by once, went into cops, and, ding, and there was a bumping cops, and it was wet. Okay, I'm like, yeah, no problem. The car just slid a little bit. I'm like, yeah, no worries, you know, little correction, and I. I locked <laughs> my elbows locked <laughs> like this. I mean, <laughs> 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 and the car just went this very silly slow spin, and, like, <sighs> and the engine stalled. <sighs> I'm like, idiot. 
<laughs> you know <laughs> and uh, and my mind was racing at the time and I'm like hmm, what am I going to do what am I going to do what am I going to do and the guys came in uh, you know it was just us in the, on the track and Alain Prost actually who uh, hadn't started running yet um, and um, restarted the engine I came back into the pits and I said look I'm sorry I'm going to have to cancel the test and they looked at me and went, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said, no, look, I, I don't want to crash uh, crash your car, you know. I, I, I just, I, and I will, because I can't, you know, uh, I'm not, I can't even move the the steering wheel uh, properly. So, you know, rather than you judge me on crashing the car, um, I'd rather not, um, not do anything, uh, you know. Which was uh, kind of a tough position for a whatever twenty-something <laughs> rookie uh, uh, to take, and um, so you know, a couple of phone calls later, I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> "What's going to happen?" Uh, I can't remember the guy who was running the test team. Is is uh, you know, uh, a good guy, and he came. He came in and said, "Look, tell you what we're going to do. We can." cut the seat and make it, you know, to uh, try to fit you the best the best you can. So they went, cut this beautiful seat <laughs> that was perfectly made for the car. And um, so, you know, a couple of tries, oh, a little bit more here, a little bit less. So my elbow would fit in inside this, this hole between the seat and the, and the cockpit. And uh, so we moved the steering about a little bit. Anyway, got to a point that it was reasonable. Um, and they go, are you happy? I said, yeah, I, th I, yeah, I think I am. Like you get 15 laps. <laughs> 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 so I'm like, okay. <laughs> and uh, and that, was, that was it, you know. I did like three runs of five laps. And uh, eventually it was on a reasonable uh, pace. To be honest, the car felt amazing, you know. Uh, it had so much grip, ev even in the wet. Um, and the active suspension was awesome. Uh, I, rem I remember going, yeah, I have a little bit of understeer here. So they got moved this button, to <laughs> you know, one click to the right. Oh, it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it was it was a it was a it was a great uh, great experience uh, for me. Now there was a. You obviously had another Formula One test um, with footwork, yeah. uh, which which didn't end quite so well. Um, no, it didn't. Uh, it's probably it's, uh, it's yeah, probably it's another like lesser known record actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know, uh, it was a kind of a a similar story, but it ended up a little bit different, shall we say, because the Williams test really ended up on a positive note. You know, uh, my pace relative to Pros, who I'm sure wasn't trying at all. But anyway, it was comparable, <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, so went uh, to uh, Estoril, and now this is a you know more serious uh, proper test. You know, is being considered uh, for the drive uh, again an active suspension car, and but again I had whatever I don't know what my shape is like because you know I'm not certainly the tallest guy around but i really struggled to fit in the car um 
and uh, the steering was like felt like it was in my nose uh my legs my knees were up against the i don't like burger i, I really i met him a few years ago uh, i got to know him a little bit better i asked how did you fit in those cars um and he's like with great difficulty <laughs> <laughs> um and uh Anyway, I was, again, very uncomfortable uh, in the car. But, you know, I guess good enough to, to go and drive. And uh, I, I, did, I can't remember a few runs, about 20 laps. Uh, I was really struggling with, uh, um, uh, how do you call it when you have like a muscle, your muscle? Uh, Cramp. Cramps. Like cramps on my back, cramps on my butt, <laughs> you know, uh, because you, my legs were being thrown up, uh, thrown to the side, and and cramps on my wrist, believe it or not. And I'm like, look, I, I need to, I need to get out, and I need to go to the toilet, you know. Um, and uh, so I got out of the car, and I was walking between the two trucks, you know, thinking about how am I gonna, uh, how am I gonna improve, how am I gonna tackle this, and so on. Uh, and smash my head against a belly locker, and because I was looking at the ground, <laughs> uh, and uh, that was that was the end of the test. You know, it was it was a it was an interesting experience. You know, unlike the Williams, I didn't really like that car at all. Um, I was reasonably competitive on uh, um, on the slow bits, on the high speed corners. It was just all pain you know you sit there ah, ah, my back <laughs> it was it was all pain and and the formula one car is 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 uh i don't know what they are like now but they were they were you know what struck me is that they were very violent you know i mean you hit the brakes bah, you know turn the wheel <laughs> you know, uh, very. Uh, it's a v and, and the ride was always very harsh. You know, it's it's a very violent car. I, I, and uh, I thought the three thousand car was a very v kind of violent car, and and that was a step uh, a step further. Now, before we get, move on to cart, I've got another reader's question here uh, from Entropy, um, saying, "Hi, Jill. Uh, did you have an offer for Stuart Grand Prix?" Well, you know, um, as you, as I already <laughs> said, well, I always had a great relationship uh, with uh, Jackie and Paul. Um, we did have some conversations uh, about it, um, and um, but you know, at, at the time, it's just you know, I, I I I said that I think a few times in the past. I think whether the timing or whether I didn't feel the the opportunity was the right opportunity that ended up never happening you know and and uh, it was it was you know the conversations never went much further um with uh, Jackie and Paul because I think primarily timing you know uh, it, I was you know doing my deals in America very early um it's just you know we never took it much further. Do you have any? I know you say you don't like to waste negative, you know, waste energy with negative thoughts. But 
a lot of the guys you raced, I mean, you won the British Formula 3 Championship, yeah. you won lots of Formula Ford races, you won Formula 3, you're a title contender in yeah. Formula 3000. A lot of the guys you raced against went on to become Grand Prix winners. Yeah. Do you have any regrets that your contribution to Formula 1 was banging your head on a footwork belly locker? <laughs> in, a, in a way, no, Simon. You know, uh, in, a, in, a, in a different universe, you know, God knows what, what might have happened. But, you know, as I look back at my, my life and my career, um, and what has happened, um, you know, and when I decided to to retire in in '03, um, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I ended up uh, winning a lot of uh, races, championships, and you know, uh, the the 500. I think one of the things I'm most proud of is actually driving for Roger. You know, I always placed a lot of value. Not only in the success on the track, but the people you're you're associated with, and uh, you know, driving for a f for a guy like Roger, um, it's almost like driving for Ferrari. <laughs> uh, you know, his organization and in, in to me not just in Formula One, but in, in the world of motorsports, I think holds a special place. So I'm like, you know, I'm 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 happy. I I I. I I feel like I achieved, <laughs> um, you know, um, I achieved a lot. And um, so I, I don't think that way. The one thing that I would have liked to have done is, is race against Michael. Um, um, and uh, I always uh, watched him uh, carefully. I never, never shared the, the track with him. And... Uh, I really wanted to to race against them. I'm sure that would have been very difficult, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, uh, I think I, I enjoyed the uh, challenges like that, and I had a lot of respect and admiration for for his craft and and uh, how he performed. I thought, I wish I could have raced against that guy, but not in the footwork because that would have hurt your back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, just before we sort of get onto the to Fontana and the championships and championships and things, um, now your first taste of an Indy car was through Jim Hall yeah. uh, of Cart, sorry, um, and that was because Teo Fabi couldn't run. But you went to go and test the car, but you hadn't you just damaged your neck in a testing accident at Monza yeah, in Formula Three Thousand? This seems to be a recurring theme <laughs> here, doesn't that? So sort of one hundred and one <laughs> ways to, to yeah, ruin a yeah, career. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, we were testing in Monza. Um, the 3000 yeah. fighting for the championship before going to Enna um, because it was the low down force track whatever and um, you know without any false modesty I was like a second and a half quicker than everyone thinking yeah watch this <laughs> you know you guys have no chance um, so Simon and I have absolutely no idea what that feels like yeah exactly <laughs> and uh, and uh, obviously my ambitions got a little bit too uh, big for my boots breaking into the Ascari chicane uh, because I was going deeper and deeper and deeper and, and exploring uh, different things and lost it on the braking uh, turning left uh, to the Ascari chicane, spun and hit. And at the time, the wall on the left uh, had no tires, no nothing, and literally hit dry concrete head on, <laughs> like <laughs> bang. <laughs> and uh, and my head hit the the steering wheel, you know. And uh, I remember having this immediate headache, and I'm thinking, oh 
great, you know. Um, so hospital job for already third or fourth time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> lie down, you know, go to the hospital, and um, yeah, I had a concussion and uh, a mild concussion and stretch my whatever the ligaments of my neck or something. Uh, remember going back home, sitting on the sofa, thinking idiot, you know. Uh, with a neck brace, and like <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> couldn't quite uh, couldn't quite move, and uh, when the phone co- there's you know phone rings and you know, this uh, different accent, I'm like, hello, is Joe the Farron there? And I'm like, yeah. Did you like my American accent? <laughs> 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 and uh, you spent long enough there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, anyway, so. Um, it turns out to be Jim, and, and to your point, he says, look, Tail can't make the test. He would like for you to test a car. I said, yeah, well, I would love to, you know, but I need to ask Jackie and, and Paul and, and and ask permission. So, yeah, no problem. Um, when is the test? This is like, you know, this is like a Wednesday. It's like it's Friday, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so I'm like, oh, I see. <laughs> Obviously, no mention of the neck issue. Um, and... Uh, so I called Jackie, and uh, who actually linked me up with a, a doctor as well, um, and uh, you know took some painkillers. And the doctor said, "Look, you're not gonna damage your neck, but it's gonna hurt like hell." <laughs> um, and uh, so when I went on to do the, the, the I think the next, literally the next day, I was in uh, in uh, in the plane to go to Midland, Texas. There was a, I've got a question here from Scott Alderson, uh, who's asking wh- what it was like to drive for Jim Hill, because you obviously then went on to, to drive for him. Yeah, well, it's uh, another reoccurring theme in my life. You know, I was uh, very lucky to to come across these incredible people, you know, uh, that really made a mark on me as, a, as I walked through, <laughs> through, my, through my life. And uh, Jim was certainly one of them. You know, he's... Uh, uh, a very knowledgeable person uh, knows a lot about racing knows a lot about cars knows a lot about uh, like Jackie about you know attitude and how to manage yourself and uh, how to decide things uh, and I really learned a lot from uh, from Jim that way um, he was he really understood well the the intersection between driving and engineering which which is, uh, frankly, that's kind of where I lived um, as a as a driver, uh, without any false modesty. Yeah, I think that was one thing that I was uh, was de- competent at, um, at, at really connecting the, the the two worlds. And Jim was very much a an expert in this and 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 relating what happens to the car in in engineering terms. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now, before you uh, before we talk about Fontana and the and the the record, we've had loads of questions about that. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about sort of what happened before you were spotted by Penske, because you had this period after Jim Hall's sponsorship um, faded away. Uh, you went, went to Derek Walker, and you had, I think, was it five crashes in three weekends or something? Yeah, something and, like that. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you said, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to sort of, we, we will focus on the, on the highs in a second. Uh, but yeah, I, you I like highlights. Yeah, yeah, we'll, right? we'll talk about highlights in a second. But you, I think you, you said that you went away and just had to kind of recalibrate your brain after that, because you were you were you weren't going about it the right way. But it's, it was yeah. it's, quite, it's amazing to hear that you can kind of step back and actually have that. Yeah, uh, look, the the you know, um, well, won a race in '95 on my first year. Won a race in '96. In '96, I, I think I finished sixth in the championship. You know, Jim uh, uh, was winding the team down, and. Uh, you know, and we were competing at some pretty big operations, and so you know the expectation was, okay, here I am, I'm going to fight for the championship. <laughs> you know, um, so I signed with uh, with uh, Derek, who run a had a, a bigger operation, a very good sponsorship. Uh, the team was very well funded, uh, with good support from Honda, um, you know, good support from uh, from Goodyear. Um, uh, so it was all right. That's it. Championship challenge, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and I was always uh, call it a, an attacking sort of uh, uh, guy. You know, I I, uh, I was most comfortable in the lead. You know, uh, some some guys love the driving through the field. In my my I was an expert in disappearing <laughs> into the distance. Um, and uh, and uh, and that you know I guess that takes a certain um, mindset, right? So you you like you know practice one practice, you know you're just always attacking. Um, and uh, and you know so, so again I, I suppose we was trying to do more than what was there. Uh, and making mistakes, um, you know. To be fair, I think out of these five crashes and three cars that were destroyed in the meantime, um, they weren't all my fault, but <laughs> <laughs> but they were. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, but they were a sequence <coughs> of of you know things. That just kind of, I guess, the, you know, I'm not a particularly mystical person, but. It's uh, it's almost like the universe is trying to talk to you and say, dude, you need to shift <laughs> gears here and then look at a different path because this one is is not going to be good for you. Um, and uh, and you have to pay attention to those to those things. And and I remember it was Long Beach. Um, I put the car on pole position on Friday uh, because those are the days. Yeah, Friday and Saturday. 
and we were so much faster than everybody else on Friday that Saturday morning, actually that crashes on YouTube if you guys want to look <laughs> at it. Um, on Saturday, on the Saturday practice, um, I went to pass someone on the main street in Long Beach and there was a car uh, that had an engine problem stopped on the right and I was I couldn't see the car because I was behind another car so w when I went to the right to pass him I hit this guy at 170 miles an hour or something like that and destroyed the, the that car and but I think the day before I was on pole by whatever a second or something silly like that um, and the time held uh, from Friday um, I wasn't beaten on uh, on Saturday because I didn't participate in in qualifying. Um, so started the started the race and I'm thinking right I'm this is me off into the off into the distance here, and um, and uh, we had some problems with the tires. We started uh, the tires started to grain. Um, so now the, the Formula One guys that are watching, so we had graining uh, tires <laughs> even back then. <laughs> uh, the tires started to grain, and I was started to struggle and uh, had to do sometimes early stops, had to use more fuel to maintain the pace, and and I kept you know every pit stop, I just kept going backwards, um, and I'm going getting more and more frustrated and driving you know with less and less margin and uh, and eventually i made a mistake and dunk into the tires in turn one and uh, this i think was the fifth crash <laughs> you know uh, and i'm i was just like a a knife uh, went through me and i said look i remember i pulled the team together after that um and I said, look, that's it. There will be no more crashes, you know. Um, and uh, I don't know. It was uh, I, I shifted my my attitude, um, and we finished second in the in the championship uh, behind uh, Zalani, I think it was. Um, but it was it was it was again. It's I, I guess my life is is never been kind of smooth, you know. It's sort of go 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 go. Something happens. You 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 mature, you learn something that is remarkable that has this ability to transform you a little bit. You, how did how did the contact with Penske come about? Because uh, your deal with Penske was announced, I think, in the summer of '99. Yeah, you're going to be joining them the following well, season. Well, I, I guess um, you know um, Walker and and Penske were the two teams on on Goodyear. Um, at the time, Firestone had a, a competitive advantage. Um, and um, which kind of started in '96, and just sort of that 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 competitive uh, advantage just kept growing. Um, so we're finding more and more difficult to uh, to be fighting for championships and wins. I managed to win a race. I think it was '98 or '99. I don't remember exactly, but it was kind of a dry period, uh, frankly. You know. Um, I I you know, were do, I was doing a lot of tire testing, um, and uh, which was actually good for me. So even though the results, yeah, I'm sure, weren't even as good as as Goodyear would have liked, or 
or what we would have liked. But it was a period that I've, I've, I, again, I learned a lot. I was doing like, uh, you know, uh, I think one year I did uh, 75 test days. <laughs> uh, it was an enormous amount of driving. And um, how many accidents? Uh, not very many, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so you know, at the end, and so throughout this period, it was uh, basically Penske racing and and uh, Walker racing um, with the same uh, tires, and um, and I guess I was, you know, we were quite a bit more competitive than them through that period. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Roger, you know, you don't call Roger. Roger calls you, basically. You know, it's interesting. These young guys say, oh, how do I get in touch with Roger? <laughs> Wait. If, he, <laughs> just, if he's interested in you, he'll call <laughs> you. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> you know. Um, and um, so in, in um, early 99, uh, we, uh, you know, it's like, look, it's... Rogers tried to get in touch with you, and um, we spoke and did a deal incredibly fast, <laughs> actually. That must have been a very nice feeling, that Roger Penske's Yeah, it yeah. was, it yeah. was, and uh, I was hugely impressed by him. Um, it's just, uh, it's hard to explain, man. He's just such a committed person, you know, and clear and determined and... You know, he's he's an incredible businessman, an incredible person, and and uh, you talk again of the people you meet through your life, and uh, he was another guy that was like, wow, you know, uh, I've learned a lot from uh, from him. It was a it was a great feeling to you know at the time wear the the Marlboro uh, suit that I guess for Brazilians, given Emerson and and uh, and Ayrton's, uh you know, past. You know, you look at yourself in the mirror, you go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it was a, it was a, to your point, it was a, a, a nice moment in my life. There were obviously many high points with, with Penske. Yeah. And one of them is the 241.426 mile an hour lap yeah. at Fontana, which along with bumping my head in the transporter, is a record <laughs> that's, that still stands to this day. Yeah. We've got, we've had a, quite a few questions about this, but both Miles and Matthew kind of wanted you to sort of talk them through the lap. Um, and Miles added that, uh, sorry, was it Matthew that added, uh, Dario said you buzzed the rev limiter coming out of the pits, question mark. <laughs> Dario's lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, look, um, this is the championship decider. Um, we were fighting, I guess, five other guys I don't remember exactly. Um, and um, and at the time, the pole position gave another uh, an extra point, um, you know. And also at the time, you could change engines as many times as you like throughout the throughout the weekend. Uh, and Honda was really behind the the engine program. Um, they made a incredible engine uh, for for Fontana. It was a qualifying special so it was a new engine friday night you know put the engine on the car uh go out you know i did two runs i think uh saturday morning i wanted to run more they're like no 
you're done um, and uh, and the car was really good uh, it was you know I remember coming out of the pits so they they finally put the qualifying map just for qualifying that gave that even a little bit more more power um <laughs> going out of the pits and you could do uh, like four warm up laps so there was no hurry to uh um to really get up to s- to speed too fast so it was a real balance between getting the tire pressures high, uh, to where you wanted together with the the rubber at the the temperature you, you you wanted without taking the edge off it was it was a bit of a uh, bit of an art actually uh, to do that properly because we didn't have all the information that the guys had so you kind of had to do it by feel and experience and and so on anyway the bottom line is i used the typical thing was to start the lap quite slowly you know so you didn't burn up your your tires so i come out of the pits you know, trying actually not to light them up, um, or buzzing the rev limiter, or buzzing <laughs> the rev limiter, exactly. And but I remember going very, you know, slowly, like you drive a road car coming out of the pits in the back. Uh, I think it was about fourth gear, and the tires are stone cold. Uh, and I'm thinking, man, maybe I'll go flat now. Uh, and the thing just lit up like in fourth I'm like, whoop. fifth gear anyway so we, we were just uh, uh winding up to um uh, winding up to speed and uh, you know and you know you go in there with the mindset just like i ain't lifting <laughs> uh, and and oval uh, racing particularly qualifying when you have that little bit of extra grip from from the tires, it's really a bit of a leap of faith. Because um, if you use the tires too soon um, to find out if you do have the grip or not, uh, then you're going to lose a little bit of performance. Um, so you're really sort of building up this picture of how much grip you have, what the balance is like, without complete information. And um, so it's, it's a little bit of a leap of faith. And if you if you lift before to find out, you're too slow. <laughs> uh, so you really have to go right. It's a commitment thing. I'm, I'm doing it. And then if you get in trouble, you gotta figure out a way to to recover. Um, so when there the mindset when you know, op- I remember because I had like on my dash, I knew. I knew the ec- my exit speeds. I remember opening the lap at 239 and coming out at turn four. I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like two miles an hour quicker than I'd seen the whole weekend. Um, and uh, going into turn one in Fontana, super bumpy, actually. Uh, and, you know, the car was super neutral when you're going and the thing is going like this <laughs> you know really small it's, it's funny because I've seen it on, on YouTube as well and it, you know it looks like it's just stuck but you know in the car you just uh, you know release pressure a little bit more pressure and the car is you know moving around a little bit uh, but 
and very neutral, <laughs> you know, hardly, you know, not, uh, I wasn't oversteery, I wasn't understeery, I was like, uh, just on, on the edge. And the car was so, uh, you know, the, we were using the tire so much that I closed the lap slower than when I, what I opened it, you know. Um, so I closed the lap, uh, at, I exited at 238. Uh, so about a mile an hour slower coming out of turn four than I was to start the lap, and um, and there was that you know I mean the, the great engine, great chassis, uh, good setup <laughs> you know it was it was a good day. Now we we are sort of running slightly short on time with quite a lot to to cover. Um, Obviously, the Indy 500 win, which unsurprisingly was uh, with with carrying an injury. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, so there is a theme here. There is a theme. Um, you know, you know the, I never actually thought about that in that way. I have to be honest with you. Um, and there's, we've had quite a few questions about Honda because obviously you went yeah. there to BAR Honda, the Formula One team. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's one here that I'd, is uh, is quite nice, and it's from David who. I said you once uh, you once said when you arrived at Honda you were amazed how good Jensen Button actually was. Yeah. Um, and he said I believe you mentioned his telemetry traces and we've heard about um, how he drives with no overlap and how silky smooth his inputs are. Could you please elaborate uh, and about his talent? Uh, just, uh, what impressed me about Jensen was just great feel. You know, really, really good feel for for grip. You know, he could get to the edge very quickly. You know, or and readjust himself very very quickly and 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 very precisely uh so, so i was very uh, impressed about that I, I remember a few situations i think it was qualifying in silverstone in 06 or something when i think he did the first run and he was okay you know it was an okay run and the second run he just he just adjusts his inputs to almost to perfection. You know, I think that, that he got the balance a little bit better to how he wanted. And uh, and I'm like, wow. You know, he never overdid it. He never underdid it. He wasn't conservative. He was, it was just, you know, the mix was just right. And, and he can only do that if you have tremendous feel. Um, I think for the amount of grip, for how the car is handling, um, and so on. So I was, uh, I'm, I was very impressed by by that, Jensen. Um, a very good driver. So you had a management role in Formula One with yeah. with with Honda. You had your own sports car team in America, yeah. which was successful. Yeah. You've now got a management role with McLaren. Yeah. So you've you've done both sides. Which do you feel carries more pressure, the driving bit or the management bit? I can't answer your question because I don't get injured less. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I, yeah, I don't think of the world in terms of pressure. Um, that's why I have difficulty um, answering your your question, Simon. I, you know, in a way, I, I I I wanted this life. You know, I put myself in this in this uh, situation. Um, and um, so it, it goes back to the negativity uh, conversation that that we were talking about. Yeah, there's a lot at stake. Yeah, if I fail in whichever role, then that can be painful for me and 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 for others. Uh, by the way, you know. Um, so 
so you can say that 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 that's uh, uh, you know a, a, a pressure. You know that that a failure could uh, you know affect your future prospects. But then again, it always does. But then again, what's your option? Your option is not to put yourself in that situation by not taking chances, by not experimenting the world, by not putting yourself out there, you know, uh, because, and then, yeah, you won't feel that pressure. You, f you won't experience the possibility of failure, um, which is ever-present. Uh, the possibility of failure is always there. If you choose for it to be there, I can sit at home <laughs> um, and 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 not f not feel uh, not feel that. So I always, you know, whether in the management role, whether as a as a as a as a driver, um, I kind of develop this this view, you know, that I'm like, well, well I'm, I'm I'm here because I I want to be. I I want to be in the in the fire. It makes me feel alive. Yes, I can feel. Yes, yes, it can all go seriously wrong, <laughs> you know. And yes, this can seriously affect my my present and my future. But that's what I want, you know. I want to be in that in that position. Do you get? We're, we're talking just a few days after the French Grand Prix, in which McLaren had a good weekend. Yeah. Both cars qualified in the top six. Carlos Sainz finished sixth, and given recent results, that's is a clear step in this, the right direction. Do you get the same? buzz out of success or relative relative success in your management role as you as you had as a driver or is it a completely different experience it's, it's a completely different experience you know uh i don't know about you but as as i'm getting older i've never been successful so <laughs> i would never clear no, no no you have been successful. <laughs> don't say that um uh, as i'm getting older I'm, I'm i find myself experience different feelings you know uh like uh you know i have uh, a great f a great feeling of seeing somebody else uh, succeed uh being with my 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 own kids you know being with some of my loved uh relatives or even with my team you know so when you when you see other people uh you know which you had a hand in 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 organizing in mentoring in educating um so on and so forth achieves success I, i'm i'm as i don't know as i'm getting older i'm i experience a lot of joy from that um is it the same as the joy of driving a racing car is it the same as the joy of uh, uh winning a competition uh no it's a completely different feeling but it's uh, but then again i sit here today and i think i, d I don't think i i have the same fire that i had when i was driving you know full time i d i d you know that that burning desire is not there so i don't know i'm seeing myself sort of uh transforming through life that 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 desire to sit in a car and really take it to the absolute mi limit, come what may. Um, so I don't have that desire anymore. So I, because I don't have that desire, I don't experience the feeling of loss. You know, oh, I wish it was me driving that. 
that car you know i i get my my kicks in a in a different way now now but before we finish i we obviously it would be great to talk about alonso indy and you you mentored him when he when he first went there um there's a, there's a two-parted question anthony jenkins uh wants to, uh wants to talk obviously about alonso but he asked whether would you agree whether alonso is currently the best driver on the planet um there was the huge success of his first time at Indy, uh, well, comparatively. And then I'd like to add a second part to the question of, of what happened What happened this year? Where, where did it all go wrong? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> a lot went wrong. <laughs> I'll start with the negative first, uh, you know. Uh, look, in the end of the day, it's our fault, you know. We, we didn't uh, prepare ourselves uh, well enough. Uh, we didn't execute well enough. And uh, at uh, Indianapolis, you, you pay the price. You know, we we certainly learned uh, uh, a lot of lessons and uh, some uh, incredibly uh, painful lessons. You know, we exposed ourselves to to failure by wanting to be there, by by putting ourselves in the, in that in that position. You know, uh, and and trying to meet a, a very difficult challenge, and we failed. You know, and uh, and it was painful. Um, and uh, we we move on. <laughs> uh, we 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 absorb those lessons and uh, we try not to uh, to repeat them. And uh, if if we ever go back, which I hope we will, um, we'll try to tackle the that challenge in uh, in with those l- lessons in in mind. And you know. Now to the positive, <laughs> you know the second part of your your um, well the first part of your question uh, regarding Fernando. Look, I mean the guy is <laughs> is, is uh, I think he's one of the best drivers that's ever lived. Uh, frankly, um, I mean it's hard to know because you know I, I wasn't around when people like Jim Clark and Fangio were 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 racing. Or even uh, Jackie, uh, who uh, actually have you been in the car with Jackie or not? No, I haven't. Oh my God, <laughs> it's 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 an experience that is like in, in a different planet. Um, but but anyway, uh, back to Fernando. I mean, the guy is just you know again incredible feel. Uh, just. Is that combination of intelligence, talent, determination, knowledge, experience, everything into one? I always say, uh, you know, sometimes these young guys go, "Wow, oh, but I'm really fast." I say, "Congratulations, you reach level number, w- you know, <laughs> <laughs> you you have one ingredient out of a hundred <laughs> that you need uh, to be a successful racing driver." You know, uh, oh, I miss a big one: emotional control. Um, you know, and and a guy like Fernando, I mean, he scores, you know, a nine and a half or ten out of ten on all of these hundred ingredients. You know, how do you deal with the team? How do you set up a car? How do you control your own emotions under different circumstances? I mean, the, the guy is 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 is, um, is incredible. I mean, is I've I I've seen him do things in a in a racing car you know there's sometimes that you know if you're watching on tv and stuff you can't you can't uh you can't appreciate it you know 
Um, but you see things, there you go. And I'm a little bit arrogant, right? Uh, I thought I was good. <laughs> and I go, hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was pretty impressive. <laughs> are, there, are there any examples of? Uh, yeah, look, I I think one that, you know that, that I don't mind mentioning that that comes to mind was uh, Monaco last year in qualifying. Um, so you know we were having a difficult weekend. We had a mechanical failure in FP1, then had another problem in FP2. You know, I can don't don't. Re re don't ask me for specifics because I really have a hard time remembering a lot of these things correctly. But anyway, it had been a very difficult weekend. Um, and FP3 was struggling with the balance of the car. Um, and uh, we, go to, we go to qualifying and uh, we literally changed the whole car, right? Floor, front wing, you know, springs, <laughs> uh, you name it. Uh, you know, uh, it was it was a wholesale change based on, on it. so it wasn't like a roll of the dice, but based on the data that the guys were looking at and experience, that they concluded, okay, we need to go put the car in here. And, uh, you know, and... Uh, like normal, you know, your first lap is is your best lap. Um, so you're going into qualifying now with, you know, less fuel, more engine, completely different car, track has changed uh, from FP3 to uh, to quali. And he goes out and, you know, and, and it's a street circuit. So... In a street circuit, you can't just run wide, right? So ah, I, I overdid it. I run wide. And in a street circuit, if you run wide, you're in the fence. Uh, and Monaco has some yeah, some pretty fast uh, corners that you really have to commit. And in the f and and by the way, same problem with the tires, right? So you can't really use up the tires before you start the lap because you got to be careful with temperature and so on and so forth. Anyway, he goes to qualify, and and I use I usually watch it by looking at the telemetry overlay, so I know what the fastest lap he did before, and he nails every corner, <laughs> you know, uh, like miles faster than he had been throughout the weekend, including like very, you know committed corners like Tabak, um, which is like a I think one downshift and straight back on the on on the throttle. Um and I'm sitting there going I guess you didn't need to get used to that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and and that and that and that lap was good enough I think to put him you know, uh, it would have been I don't remember exactly, but it would have been good enough to you know, for him to go forward. And I think he eventually went to Q three. Uh, in that in that particular race, so, but it, 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 you know the rest of qualifying was impressive, but not as impressive that that first lap <laughs> because given the circumstances that uh, we arrived there. 
Well, Joe, one thing he hasn't uh, done is win the Indy 500. Um, no. <laughs> but it, it has been an absolutely wonderful hour and a bit. I'm sorry we've, we've kept you for longer than we probably should have. No, no, it's um, been, a, been a pleasure. Yeah, can, I, can I just have one last question? Absolutely, yeah. Simon, yeah. Uh, did you ever finish your university degree? I never did yeah, finish my <laughs> university <laughs> degree. Well, that makes two of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, no, that's good. <laughs> I never did. And, and actually, uh, you know, I, to be honest, I loved engineering. I was one of those guys that uh, always uh, w I wanted to be an engineer. Uh, so these days, and I, and I uh, after university, I'm, uh, I'm a reader, you know, I like studying things and so on. So I, I try to educate myself as much as I could, you know, um, but I'm not uh, um, a full-blown graduate uh, <laughs> engineer and uh, you, uh, there's still time though, yeah, you know, uh, there's still time. <laughs> Brilliant. Joe, thank you so thank much you for so joining much. us. Thank you. Simon, thank you. Thank you to Adam as well for, for recording it all. Uh, we will see you all next month when we do a podcast with Sir Chris Hoy. We'll see you then. Thank you very much for listening and for watching. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 